Hi, everybody. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm your host, Alex Lewis. This week, we talk about cycling with Sil No, the leader of the International Cyclists United here in Taipei, Taiwan. Taiwan is one of the top five producers of bicycles in the world, uh, joining China, India, the European Union, and Japan, who are responsible for 87% of global production. Because of this, I want to talk about cycling, and so I got Sil on the show. So uh, enjoy our conversation. Everybody just calls you Sil. Yeah, because Sylvain is too difficult to, to say for people. How do you say it? Silva? Uh, you see? Sylvain. Sylvain. <laughs> voilà, do it. All right, nice. And so, it's too difficult for people, you know, they cannot do the vin, vin. Mm. So Sil is all right. Sil, okay. So uh, what brought you to Taiwan, Sil? Uh, oh, long story. Uh, I was working in the national education in France. Uh, I was also graduating and then uh, I was living in Paris. Uh, I just got bored and uh, I decided to leave. So one of my friends was already living in Taiwan for more than four years. And so he visited us every year. And uh, he told me, you should come. You will love it. And uh, so that's what happened. I came. Two weeks after, I worked. I enjoyed the experience. And here you still are. And I'm still here. When 11, was this? 11 years and a half. 11 and a half years ago? Yeah. Whoa. All right. And are you still teaching now? Yeah, I'm teaching French right now. Uh, when I arrived here, I decided to cut with the French government, not to work for them anymore. So I, I have lived in the U.S. a little bit, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, I went to Detroit also. Uh, not for long, but enough. And so I was a teacher, you know. So I mixed my pedagogical experience uh, in French uh, and I used it for teaching English. And that was really interesting. Uh, for four years, I did, I did it. Mm -hmm. It was good. But uh, after four years, I had nothing to learn more in terms of pedagogy, in terms of career and stuff. So I decided to come back to teaching French, French civilization. So I worked for the government, a governmental organization here and uh, with uh, uh, National Taiwan University, Taïda Dashwe. And uh, after that, I worked with, in partnership with a uh, European school and uh, Alliance Française still. And um, I have cut... Uh, recently, uh, in uh, September, and no, I I have my I work by myself for myself. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, how'd you get into cycling here? Um, I have always been in into cycling. Actually, I, I really like cycling. But uh, for like ten years, I had to cut. You know, living in Paris, working, studying, traveling in the U.S. More busy life, and uh, so I I completely cut, and. Uh, one of my friends, his name is Randy, he put me back into cycling, actually. He told me, oh, you should cycle. Uh, it's, it's really great over here. And I say, yeah, why not? So I bought a, a mountain bike at first mm. and uh, started to ride in the mountain. And uh, quickly I realized that for mountain bike in Taiwan, it's not really useful. You know, you, you cannot really... Uh, particularly living in Taipei, uh, ride on trails. Right. Uh, you ride on the road. So I went to road bike, and um, I met another guy called 
Cam McLean. Uh, this guy has an organization here uh, named In Motion Asia. Uh, they organize trips, journey uh, for groups uh, of foreign here uh, around Taiwan. It's really uh, oriented like a sport activities. The guy is like uh, an athlete, you know. Cam was an athlete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And uh, the guy uh, told me one day if I was interested in racing in his team. He had a little team made with, of friends, you know. And so I told him, hey, why not? And uh, we went to race uh, Puli Wooling, Never Stop Wooling, this climb to 3,300 uh, meter. Down in Puli. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. From Puli to the top of uh, Wooling Peak. And so we did it. Uh, it was great. A lot of fun. And from that moment, I decided to ride more often with them like, uh, and join more races. And after a while, this guy, because of his occupations, he had to go to Thailand. He had to change a little bit the format of his business. So he had no time to take care of the, of the team. Mm -hmm. And so from that moment, I decided to create a team uh, with the experience that I had uh, with that. And uh, actually, at first, we did it for fun, you know, just to inform uh, some inform foreigners. What? To let foreigners know that there is a uh, cycling scene here? Exactly. Exactly. Some, a lot of foreigners, they enjoy cycling, but they are in Taiwan. They have no idea what happened. And uh, that's true that it's pretty complicated because everything is in, uh, in Mandarin Chinese. And um, it's really, the information is really turned toward locals. But when you say everything, uh, it's complicated. It's because all the information on like the Facebook page or something for all these cycling clubs are in Chinese or yes. what else is complicated? Yes, yes. The way uh, they communicate is not really performant. It's, uh, it's not really good, actually. It's really old school. They have a website, but if you don't know the website, you will never find the website, you know? So if nobody tell you, you have to go there. And so for foreigners who are here, we don't speak Mandarin Chinese, and uh, we don't know anybody to inform them. It's impossible to discover that all those activities exist here in Taiwan. And the second thing is that in Taiwan, there is no cyclist federation. What is that? Like, for example, in Europe or in the US, you have uh, some uh, professional federation, means they federate clubs all around the country, uh, all around the, uh, the regions and stuff, and they organize events. And uh, every year you have um, what we call um, a championship, for example, and you have different level of championship. All that doesn't exist in Taiwan. Hmm. In Taiwan, it's really underdeveloped. The organization in terms of sports activities is underdeveloped, except for baseball, or uh, basketball, but everything else is really, really underdeveloped, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Or it's connected to the universities, a little bit like American style, you know, university sports. And so for cycling, it doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work like that. Uh, so there are a few organizations, they are all private organizations, and... Uh, they are business. They run like business, you know. They work in partnership 
with the government sometimes for some races, for sure, because you have to use the roads. Mm -hmm. So you need police, you need a certain organization. For these organizations, are they teams or are they like biking companies or what is that? It's it's a thing. It's kind of um, associations uh, that organize events. Mm -hmm. They are event organizers. That's all. They are not connected really to clubs, teams, or anything. They are there. They offer the organization of a race. Then anyone who wants can join. So you pay a fee, you register yourself or your team, and you get into. And so there are like four or five organizations, plus sometimes the government of the counties, for example, in a in Hualien or in Tainan, they organize like one race, their own race, with money prize, with a podium and stuff. And when they do that, they ask one of these organizations to help or they create by themselves the, the way to organize it. So it's a little bit anarchic uh, compared to what we know, what we have the habit of uh, in Europe or in the US, where everything is well organized, you know, with clubs and stuff. So what I tried to do creating that team at first, it's to touch uh, this foreign population who enjoy cycling uh, with some guys who have already a good level, who want to compete, and also step by step uh, building that team. We have been, uh, that I called at first ICU, uh, International Cyclists United. Um, I have built it up better, stronger, be with a body of riders who are really competitive. And we are trying to also touch now Taiwanese riders for them to join us and then to create a club uh, with good, good bases, good foundations, and uh, to pick up the best cyclists and uh, since uh, I have found uh, a sponsor uh, in the company uh, of uh, Jarefu, uh, Jarefu Taiwan, who are really helpful and uh, who provide us uh, the support, the necessary support to, to compete and uh, to, to deal with uh, some of our expenses. So then, since we, are, we have this sponsorship, I try to create something a little bit uh, more competitive for a part and in another way to attract people to create the equivalent of a club. Right. So is there a international federation that you can, I guess, uh, par have partnerships with? Or I'm assuming like, so look at the big cycling races like, you know, the Tour de France or something or something like that. Um, I don't really know the intricacies of how cycling works as a sport, as a racing, like, um, as a racing uh, circuit. But is there a way to kind of base your uh, formation of a club off of, um, like, an international model? In Taiwan, the way it works here, it's like some guys who were involved in cycling have created their own team. And they have been able uh, to get some partnership uh, from companies uh, like, uh, for example, Quota 
which is a, a bicycle a bicycling company. So they, they produce bike mm. or giant. Uh, I would assume. Right? Alors, uh, giant, they partner uh, a team that is called Columbus, that is located in Tianmu, that is very very competitive, and that uh, is led by one of the best uh, rider in Taiwan, a best cyclist. Bon, no, he's a little bit retired from that, but he was one of the best uh, a few years ago. And so th there is a tutor IBC also, another, another team that exists that is pretty strong, SIB. So actually, how does it work? Some people create cycling groups. Those cycling groups inside their competitors, they are looking for companies, bigger companies, to uh, be able to, be, to, to have sponsorship. Actually, that is the way it works pretty much everywhere in the world right now. It's a model. I see. The difference between, for example, a country like France, uh, from where I, I am, and Taiwan, is that in France we have a, a national cyclist federation, or in other countries of Europe, like Netherlands, like Germany, etc. And so then you can create your club, get affiliated to uh, the federation, then participate in championships and this kind of thing. And for sure, you can still uh, get some sponsors, but you have a lot of helps. Well, here, all, nothing exists like Here's that. Here's nothing like that. You have to do everything yourself, basically. Exactly. And also, for example, in France, all this, this in Europe, this federation helps, for example, to, to find the best cyclists and then to orient them uh, to some programs or I don't know what and uh, for them to join big teams but all that here doesn't exist it's really inside the team themselves the connection we can get everything we can do so it doesn't sound, is pure amateur so it doesn't sound really accessible if you're not within that community Alors, the, the problem is that if you want to join a team Uh, for sure, you have first to get involved into cycling over a year and meet some people. Right. Uh, if you want to join the fun uh, of all those races, challenges, and events, it's possible. Uh, you can do it like alone by yourself uh, by registering. But the problem is that you have to know how to do because it's not. It's it's more difficult to access. Mm. Uh, so that's why you created ICU. Exactly. That's why I try to help my way to put more foreigners into this kind of event. Because actually in Taiwan, uh, it's only amateur sports, you know. It's not professionalized at all. So I think it's, it's more fun for everybody uh, to get a more international presence into all those races and challenges, even for Taiwanese riders to have the possibility to meet uh, foreign riders to make friends also because it's also a question of social socializing and uh, we create bonds it's, it's, it's really cool actually and to compete against each other and why not to create something together now that is my point to try to create something together because mm -hmm. I have lived here as we 11 said, years 11, more than 11 years and actually I want to do something Uh, more for the community here because I think I'm going to live here forever because <laughs> I love this country. And, uh, and I want not only to be here, you know, working, uh, enjoying and period. No, I, I really want to build something 
and to create boundaries and uh, also to, to try to help uh, my own way, you know. So you moved back, oh, so you moved here, excuse me, 11 and a half years ago. Yeah. I don't know when you got in touch with the cycling scene, but could you tell me how the cycling scene is and how it kind of developed throughout I the years? I understand. So the thing is, like me, I, I started to ride over a year, like five years and a half ago. Uh, and then four years and a half ago, I started to take it more seriously um, and to be more interested in, 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 in how it is over a year. So what I can say is that in five years, there was a real development. More and more cyclists over a year, more and more Taiwanese who cycle. Men, women, uh, the number of women who cycle in Taiwan is pretty impressive, I have to say. And uh, their level is, uh, is pretty good. It's, uh, it's really amazing. I think Taiwanese are really uh, resilient in one end and in another end, uh, they are really the mental, you know, when they start something, they like to to go through and to, to finish it. So um, I think that cycling uh, is, a, is a sport here that, that can work even better. And, uh, but it has already been increasingly going better in the last five years. And, uh, yeah. So what's the scene like now? Is it it's already flourished and it's a big scene here now? Actually, it's becoming pretty big. So you have a, you have most of the people take it more like leisure and a challenge, personal challenge, and uh, that is a majority of the people. But we have uh, a few hundreds of riders who really take it like a more as a competition and try to to make it uh, interesting, like racing, and um, so we have over a year. Uh, a few dozens of really, really good riders, Taiwanese riders, I have to say. And we have a few foreigners who are really, really strong, also leader in the pack. And so it creates an emulation, I think, and we meet each other and uh, we ride together like as well as uh, socializing, social rides, but as well as competing against each other. And... uh, the meaning of uh, creating a new team here and not joining an, a team that exists already is to create that emulation. That's why um, the fact that Jarefu gave us the sponsorship, huh, I precise it because I have to thank them. Thanks to them, it makes us reach another level. Uh, I think it's good. It's one structure more that is valuable over here. As I say, there is also Quota, Tutor IBC, or, or, or even SIB, if I remember well. And uh, I maybe forgot uh, another one, IMA, uh, Cycling. That is one structure more uh, that is going to be competitive, that is already competitive, and um, that can maybe help to structure more and more here uh, the, the system and uh, more we will have team like that with sponsorship. More, the emulation will be interesting. Maybe it can attract more and more people. All right. Actually, we, I try to attract in the team like also younger cyclists, like seven, around 17, for them to find uh, our structure to compete and to, to be able to enjoy uh, our expertise to be better. Okay. So tell me about the races here. Um, 
Usually, it's pretty well organized. Uh, but you have to know that in Taiwan, um, races or challenges are often on open roads. So that is something. So as in like, do they close the road for the they races? No, they or? don't. They do not. They do not. So, so it's super dangerous. It means that we have uh, a security, some guys with scooters that accompany us in front, behind. We can see passing here and there on, the, on our sides. Some guys are at the crossroad with uh, some flags and stuff. But it's very, the cops also uh, participate on some races. But that is something, yes, yeah, that is something I don't really understand. It's difficult to understand uh, how the organization can be so loosey sometimes between the, the government and the association. I mean, they are all okay to organize challenges, but when it comes to make it really secure by closing the roads, by uh, really calculating the time they need to close pieces of roads, but they just don't do it. So sometimes it leads to crash, sometimes it leads to accidents, for sure. Uh, but Actually, what is also very surprising is that there are not so many accidents. Uh, uh, not really serious one. But, you know, Taiwan is an industrious country. People work 365 days a year. So even if uh, the race happens one day in in, per year on a certain area, but no, they don't close the roads because people need to pass with the truck, with the cars, because people need to work. Even if it's on a Sunday, right? it's uh, something really particular. So do you think maybe that's because of the, um, I don't want to say the level of the races, but uh, we don't have a race like the Tour de France. It's like, okay, we need to shut the roads down because of this race. Like it hasn't reached that level yet. Nowadays, we have a big race in Taiwan called Taiwan KOM. So every year, once a year, it's uh, in October. You have the Taiwan KOM. Uh, October, November, no, October. You have the Taiwan KOM. It's uh, fr from Hualien to Wuling Peak, from zero to 3,275 meters. It's the longest climb in the world, actually. It's a, it's a, it's a pure climb, and it's the longest climb uh, I think uh, that comes to be a race in the world. For a cycling race, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this race is uh, in development right now. So this year, for example, uh, Nibali came with uh, like one of the best cycling cyclists in the world, you know. Uh, Nibali came, some professional came. So all that... Uh, with the benediction of the UCI, uh, the, the International Cyclist Federation. So it's a first step, a, a really good step uh, for Taiwan. How many years has this race been going on? Uh, Taiwan KOM, it's a good good question. Five years, maybe? Okay. Five, I, I think five or six years. Uh, maybe I make a mistake, I don't have. Maybe five or six years. Um, it was pretty confidential at first. And quickly became famous because in the world of, uh, of cyclists, you know, people talk and say, oh, this climb is crazy. Uh, the Taroko Gorge, it's a, you know, the, the scenery is beautiful. It's an absolutely incredible 
challenge. It's uh, it's an absolutely astonishing route for any cyclist. It's so beautiful. Uh, physically, it's really demanding. It's really hard. And uh, yeah, it's like a, a big event, big, big event. The same uh, this year, it was better uh, organized, uh, more developed. Uh, they, they, they show it on TV. Bon, it was not marvelously done, I have to say, but it's a first step also. Huh? Uh, I hope that in the next year, that can be uh, bigger. Okay, so I have a couple questions left. Sure. Uh, one, could you tell me some of your favorite routes to cycle? Have you cycled like all around Taiwan, like the perimeter and stuff like so that? So I haven't done uh, the tour of Taiwan uh, itself, but yes, I have cycled in many, many, many places. What was your favorite place uh, or what like comes to mind? My favorite ride on a personal um, point, it's uh, Puli to Wuling. It's a 55-kilometer ride. Uh, you start for around 500 meters and you finish at 3,300 meters. Uh, why it's my favorite ride? Because it's 40 kilometers of pure climbing. It's steep uh, and it's really demanding, but it's exactly what I like. It's, uh, it's a kind of, a, of, of ride I really love. Then... I have done so many roads around Taiwan that I really, really, really like. Uh, we are going to do Tatajia uh, in March. Uh, it's a Dajia Shan. It's a really uh, interesting road, 70 kilometers ride also to 2,700 meters. The Taiwan KOM from Hualien to Wuling is certainly one of the best rides you can do over a year. The scenery is absolutely astonishing. You cross Taroko Gorge. You start, you do 13 kilometers uh, on the coast. So you are on the coastline and you see the sea. It's absolutely stunning. And then you climb, 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 climb until you reach the top. But it's very difficult. The last 10 kilometers are, are really uh, terrible. It's super steep. Uh, I have to say that I ride a lot around Taipei. Uh, through Yanminshan, uh, marvelous, beautiful, uh, the mountain, the sea, you have everything, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the south side of Taipei, you know, all the tea fields and everything, it's astonishingly beautiful. So many roads to ride, the temples in the mountains. It's, uh, I mean, Taiwan is amazing for a cyclist. It's uh, certainly the best, and I'm French. <laughs> and you know, France <laughs> is very famous uh, for for the road to cycle. Uh, and French are, are usually pretty proud of their country, which is a very beautiful country, particularly for cycling. But I have to say that for me, Taiwan is the best for cycling, in my opinion. I, I would put it even before France, uh, for me, mm. for, for what I like. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how about the bikes here, like the like the local and made bikes? What, what, what kind of quality are we talking about? We are in the in the in in the first country in the world in the bike industry. Everything is made by Taiwanese companies. Everything. Uh, Taichung, uh, the city of Taichung, is the number one in the world for the production of carbon fiber. So that is the same. Taiwan has in the end the market of carbon, and. Um, 
it's internationally recognized as one of the best places to produce uh, high-quality carbons uh, with the correct expertise. So for sure, a lot of companies here also have uh, production plants in China, in mainland China, because it's the way it works in this world. But uh, everybody I talk to uh, tells me that uh, it's in Taichung that everything happens. Uh, one of my friends, who is actually someone who, who is riding occasionally in our team, is the boss of the company called Factor. Uh, they produce bikes uh, for uh, AG2R La Mondiale, which is uh, one of the biggest uh, cycling team in the world. Uh, they, are, they are one of the, the leaders of the peloton in the UCI uh, races, like Tour de France, etc., And this guy lives in Taichung, produces in Taichung, and uh, because of the quality uh, that is offered here in, in terms of production of carbon. So, yes, here you can find absolutely great bikes hmm. or big companies, but you have also little companies that it, it's this business, uh, this Taiwanese business mind that uh, are created. And uh, that start to produce and produce well and uh, nice bikes, pretty affordable. Uh, yes, it's paradise. And uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't touch on? No, I think we say pretty much everything. Uh, if you allow me, I would like to thank the sponsor of my team again, huh? uh, Jarefu, uh, who is doing... Uh, a lot for cycling, actually, in, uh, in, the, in the world of cycling. Hein. They, they, they sponsor uh, Tour de France, uh, Tour d'Italie, uh, Italian Tour, uh, Spanish Tour, etc. They, they really uh, try to help cyclists uh, a lot. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that they, they have been interested in, a, in the project that I have been leading. And now they are a really good partner, and uh, I just wanted to underline it because uh, we have to give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming in, Sil. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, I invite you to join us and uh, cycle with us. That was Sil No coming onto the show and sharing his thoughts and experiences about uh, on cycling here in Taiwan. I also want to give a shout out to Duncan for uh, for connecting us. Thanks for listening to this week's Taiwan Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you again next week. I'm Alex Lewis. <laughs>